Attention Dad Bod Rap Pod listeners, we want to tell you about another podcast that we think you really enjoy. It's called Dope Shit. Uh, the Dope Shit Podcast is a discussion with Uncommon NASA and Samurai Banana, two staunch uh, hip-hop listeners and participants from the New York area. Really glad to link up with them. Um, they have dope discussions followed by really good music. Um, they're like-minded cats, and, uh, you know, let's link up with them. Yeah, so you can find the Dope Shit Podcast wherever the dope podcasts are at. Um, so we encourage you to subscribe and rate the podcast. And and we think you'll like it. If you like us, you'll like it. Actually, when I listened to it, I was like, wow, this is really similar to what we do. But they also have that kind of segment where they play all the new music. Mm. So it's it's a great repository to figure out what's going on. And um, these cats were kind of like really involved in the New York scene. So it's a different look. But I think if you like us, you'll like them. Give it a try. Dope shit. Dad Bod Rap Pod. The story continues. We are not all dads. That's uh, that's actually a common misconception. <laughs> Nate has fathered many styles, <laughs> but not uh, not sired any children as of yet. Um, Dave's black shoes are his children, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like ODB that way. He's got all kinds. He's got mad seeds in the field. I'm carrying it like they are. That's right. <laughs> like uh, D- Damone Carter here, uh, a.k.a. Dim1. Um, back at it one more again with my co-host in the building, Mr. Nate LeBlanc. Hello. Hi, Nate. And also Mr. David Ma. Hello, guys. Hello. Who has not <laughs> who has not seen Crazy Rich Agents? I know. I know. I know. It's ridiculous, dude. You don't hey. believe in representation. <laughs> hey, so on some wild shit, though, on some real shit, I've still never seen Black Panther. What? Whoa. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, shirt thing. <laughs> no, it's good. Sorry, that, that's just dumb. <laughs> like, watch it. It's such a good movie. Listen, watch it so we can talk about listen, it. Listen, Stan Stanley. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I am so flaccid on Marvel. I'm just. Mm. Or, it, this just is the, the one genre. that you should watch, though. Like, don't watch Thor two. Got it. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't watch. You know, even Guardians of the Galaxy two. Right. Watch, watch Black Panther and don't watch the other ones. Okay. You, you, you picked the wrong one to, like, take your malaise out on. Yeah, yeah. And I know, and I get it, it's the cultural touchstone. I've read all the think pieces. Right. I understand Killmonger's relationship to black liberation See, struggles. See, you shouldn't read any of that shit if you've never seen the movie, dude. <sighs> you kinda, won't allow I things to be spoiled for yourself? <laughs> superhero movies, fuck yeah. Interesting. No, I could, yeah, okay. I could. Yeah, superhero movies are so far out of my realm of what I'd like to sit down and watch. Uh, my son... This summer went through all 17 Marvel Universe movies. Wow. With me going, turn that shit down. Turn, (laughs) God damn it, if I hear one more explosion, I'm trying to read in here. (laughs) That's Um, funny. So I I do have superhero You have such a different relationship to it because you're the the dad of someone who's, Mm -hmm. this is like, Mm -hmm. you're telling him to turn the music down. I'm like, (laughs) this is like the music I grew up with. I totally feel like they make these movies for me. I read the comics when I was a kid, and now it's like they have seemingly unlimited budgets to do the best possible version of these stories I already like. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I I wonder if I would feel differently about it if I had kids, but I can't even fathom myself having kids 
the age of your kids. Yeah. So I don't know who I would be then. I had you a child I mean? at twelve. Right. So that's what uh, <laughs> that's what helped. That's what helped me. No, having kids, you you get, and I said this about all the Pixar shit. You just get burnt out right. because they watch a movie not once. They right. watch a movie eight fucking times. Right. And so, so do I. I'm just like, <laughs> you can be adopted, Nate. Just <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk to Mr. Bob. We'll see who can transfer transfers papers. P- speaking of, of black ass shit, um, uh, I recently got some feedback about the podcast. Okay. Okay. And apparently I don't sound black on the podcast. Oh, man. I don't know if this is a, a shock to anyone. Um, uh, I don't know how to take that except for to be offended. Totally. Yeah, what yeah. Is, it, it, what does black sound like? I, it, <laughs> it's so, it's so, it's that age old thing, right? Where you know, I I can't divulge all the details, but it was a person of supposedly some import who heard the podcast. Was I was kind of auditioning for some voiceover work, and they wanted something blacker. Um, so I do have a sweet potato pie spinning on my head right now. <laughs> um, I'm reading Malcolm X whilst uh, having a nation of Islam bow tie. No, um, but it, it, it really it really was like I felt oddly prepared for that moment in the phone call because of Little Brothers, the minstrel show, mm. because of watching, mm. because of all the Spike Lee mm. movies. Sorry to bother you. Because of Sorry to Bother You, because of Hollywood Shuffle, because right, of yeah. Bamboozled, right. to where I'm like, oh, wow, I'm not even pissed. I have a response to this. <laughs> mm. right. I have a response to this. And I said, you know what? I'm Nate, you bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just was like, hey. I'm, I'm, I will murder someone to get some voiceover work. If someone wants oh. to hire me to read something, I'm, I'm your man. Yeah, I, no, totally. absolutely. I don't absolutely. sound black either, but you know, <laughs> if there's any other outlets that want me You're to the- read stuff. You sound more black than anyone. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was fun, dude. That's um, a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah but the, but it just goes to show you that even in in 2018, um, the, the 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 gatekeepers, let's call them, still, yeah. you know, I'm like that is some geek from God knows where yeah. who listening to God knows what. I'm just picturing like, this guy and he's telling you you need to be more black. Right. Absolutely. It's so deeply offensive in yeah, so many ways. Yeah, yeah. But but it's interesting that I'm uh, also thinking you're probably not going to get this gig at this point, especially if he became not. an avid listener of the podcast Ab- after hearing yeah, you. Fuck well, that. well, you know, I I like to say, yeah, for if that person is listening, yes, fuck you. And um <laughs> No, nah, I'm, I'm never, I'm never gonna black it up um, for anyone. But I did think it was interesting just to be like, oh, okay, that shit's real. Yeah, well, like, I mean, but unfortunately, you, you've had to develop this reactionary protocol to <laughs> to that shit. Totally. But I mean, end of the day, fuck that dude. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm. But it's, it's good to be old. And all, always like, oh, I'm not really trying to break into an industry. Right. So, yeah, kiss my ass. I've thought about this many times in my life, um, like the casting notice world. Like, how do they mm-hmm. put out like the casting notice for the ugly dude? Totally. You know what I mean? It's like we need, we need like, you know, we a, need someone like unattractive. A Hollywood. And, and then people get these notices, these like aspiring actors, mm-hmm. and they're like, "That's me." But but I'm your ugly dude. <laughs> but they that happens say ugly, all day, right? every day. No, no, they, they do. They do. But they really? they literally say we need an overweight. We need a. That's pudgy. what I'm saying. But they wouldn't say ugly. They would. I say, think they do. I think they. I think they would. Tell say me ugly. more about this role. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, your name's not handsome, Nate LeBlanc, for no reason. <laughs> um, so so yeah, it, it's just it's so funny that every trope about creepy record industry 
you know, movie industry guy. It was just so, it was so funny to be actually, I'm like, oh, you're one of these guys. Right. Like, these people actually exist, and they right. actually. They're in positions to, to, to power and influence um, culture. And so, um, you know, look for me on the new season of Blackish. Um, <laughs> no, Listening I'd, back to the podcast and editing it and doing all the stuff we do to get it on the internet, I guess, not the air. Um, I've gotten over the sound of listening to my own voice and being mm-hmm. like disgusted by right, it. Right, like, right, that's right. like you know, which is do, a, which is a hurdle. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I realize just how much I sound like a nerd. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think, yeah, yeah. I guess I think I hundred percent sound like a no, nerd. I think dude. both of you guys are good orators, orators. You know what I mean? <laughs> we give we give good oral. Is what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> is what Dave? That's what he means he by that. You heard that. about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. But but I do I do think it is Thank you, by the way. yeah I, I do think Thank it you. is uh I think we are nerdy now we're self we're self flagellating right now but I do think we are nerdy but to me I'm just like yeah because you need that you well, I've, always, I've always yeah. owned it I just yeah. like, I'm a nerd but I'm a nerd about a cool thing. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's if a I difference. like Dungeons and Dragons, it would be different. If you like hip hop, you there's yeah, yeah, I think yeah. there's room for some analysis right, right. and if some kind of like My son would spar twelve rounds with you on that. <laughs> you can't shame people's hobbies, Dad. All right, all right, all right. You you're yeah. It you're hasn't right. broken out of the its realm quite yet. Did I use the word realm correctly? You Let's did. All you right. did. Region. Um <laughs> I'm like things that could get you laid versus things that can't get you laid. That's pretty much it. Yeah. But Dungeons so, and Dragons these days probably could get you laid. Yeah, probably. There's probably a Dungeons and Dragons dating community. There's, right. There's probably some dude with some it's fire the Instagram. It's the dungeon. You know? <laughs> you know? Some fire Dungeons and Dragons. It's like findaelf.com. His um, first twenty six pictures are just the sides of the dice. <laughs> uh, it's all a million likes. <laughs> Exactly. Like, exactly. I'm on a quest for some wenches. <laughs> we are the Renaissance Fair of hip hop. We are uh, the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Um, really super. Speaking of blackness and all things black, uh, super iconic figure um, left the physical world this week, and that is of course Aretha Franklin. It's not going to be this week by the time you hear it, but you know. Okay, we are not. That's right. Dating that's ourselves a little bit, yeah, but, but, but you guys heard about this. She left the world. Yeah, and so we're 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 going to talk a little bit about some of the iconic um, samples that were taken for her from her catalog. But I first wanted to kind of just lean into the space she occupied mm-hmm. um, in music. Like when when you lose somebody so iconic, it's almost hard to be like, oh, a mountain just disappeared. Right? Like how right. do you even? quantify it but she you know multi-decade um you know innovative off the off the charts talent um notorious diva right right that there's a lot of clickbait around with her divaness which is just kind of a funny side story i'm enjoying reading the stories i think it's cool i think it's funny i love it and it's like they're not unprovoked she was treated a certain way on these talk shows for being either a woman or being black and it's like she's developed this sort of persona and i don't blame it i think it's fucking awesome totally you know she came she came with knives ablazing uh i'll I'll just say this legit claim for greatest singer ever right. of any genre. Right. Okay. Very, very okay. few people can say that right. she's one of them. Yeah. Like when you were saying earlier, like when she leaves, it leaves a hole. I mean, like when most things disappear, there's a vacuum. Like who's going to fucking fill Aretha? You know, in, what I mean? in this in this this day and age. And this is kind of how I felt after Prince left. We, right. we are not existing in a time that replaces those figures. Right. right. Um, it's just not that game anymore. That type of mm-hmm. uh, singular, incredible talent. Um, is not nurtured, 
understood, sought out. I think the Aretha Franklin of today is singing at an open mic and people clap and they think it's cool, but if you can, it can't, you know, catch on. But at the same time, are we SoundCloud singers, right? Yeah. Is that a be. thing? No, yeah. They Shout out to Doja rapping. Cat. <laughs> Doja Cat, my favorite SoundCloud singer right now. She uh, had a major label album like six months ago. This is just the thing that got popular. A bunch of people are going back and listening to her real album and going like, oh, this is good. But yeah. it just got lost in the shuffle. It, and that's what can happen. Yeah. You can yeah. be a talented artist. I think we're, we come along at a time, um, and my son is a musician, and I fear for him because I'm like, no matter how good you get, it's not really a guarantee that right. you'll ever get anywhere super far. I don't tell him this, but I'm just like, you, you, it's, it's that kind of game. So I feel like we're not replacing the Aretha's, the Prince's, the people like that. And so, yeah, I think it's a void. And as a singular talent, you might be right. I would have to think about that, but I've been reading stuff where the greats of singing, the Sarah Vaughn's, the Etta James, mm -hmm. were like, she's a goat. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah, so. And, and like opera singers and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like yeah. she just, she a had a, singing. A, a very powerful instrument and she was a great technical singer. She was such a good singer. I think her, her piano playing gets overlooked. Some of totally. those old YouTube clips, I'm like, you are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, she's beasting, dude. Yeah, yeah. Totally. definitely, definitely the best um, person or the, the, the biggest star to come out of the black church tradition. So I just realized you're letting us talk about something besides hip hop. <laughs> I'm just going to revel in I this know. for a minute. We're talking about soul music. I know. It needs to be the best singer of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up. Straight up. Because you're, you know, yeah. I, I, I feel like, I feel like, but I feel like what she did, her body of work, you know, hip hop pulls directly from, and we'll kind of get into the individual kind of comes the sample. <laughs> Don't you mess up my segue. <laughs> Don't you step on my segue. Uh, but no, definitely the best person to come. I think the most iconic person to come from the black church tradition. Um, her dad is like was a was a big time minister. Um, and she really just brought this this energy into soul music to where I mean, it's kind of her and James Brown that are. And I think kind of everything almost flows out of them And this, you know since their inception. So um, super, super big loss, but obviously hip hop and its cannibalism um, has definitely got into Aretha's catalog and, and sampled some great joints and we're gonna talk about them. Um, and I'd, I'd like to start off with, uh, this is a lightweight slept on gyms. <laughs> uh, we wanna start with Mr. David Ma, your Aretha uh, sample poo poo platter. Um, you know, I got a couple, but um, the first one that came to mind was, um, her song, uh, it was a cover called, uh, it was a cover of You Are My Sunshine. Mm. And um, it was sampled by Mob Deep on a track called Drop a Gem on Them. And um, off of the, it was off of the album Hell on Earth, which, mm. which I think is a little bit underrated. I mean, for me, it was like exactly what a Mob Deep fan would want. It's almost like a parody Mob Deep album in the <laughs> best way. It was just so fucking Mob Deep. And, okay. also, and also there's that... Um, there's that uh, duet with uh, Method Man on there. Fuck, I can't think of the name right now. But um, I always love that one. Mm. Uh, Extortion is the name of the track. Okay. okay. But anyway, so um, here is um, Mob Deep's version um, using Aretha Franklin's sample of You Are My Sunshine. Once again. Once again. 
it's the infamous back in the house once again live the life that is diamonds and guns and now jam full so that one uh that one i love um i think that's a little bit slept on in terms of like um through her catalog people have sifted and kind of have just sampled maybe like i mean hugely have sampled a lot of stuff but it's like the stuff that gets sampled a, lo a lot gets sampled a, a lot. lot. Sure. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I was trying to look for like deeper cuts. So that's certainly one. I got another one, but Nate, you want to jump in with another one? Sure. So um, to go with one of the kind of um, more obvious ones, and it's it's more of a b-boy break mm. than it is a, a sample mm -hmm. joint, though it's certainly been sampled. Um, it's incredible that she has hits in so many genres, but. Yep. Um, in the b-boy world and in the dj world rocksteady is the cut right. like it's, it's it's just such a great song it's so propulsive it's so well produced it has an incredible break it actually have a couple of parts that you can flip mm -hmm. um i'm not even a good dj and i have marked up doubles of rocksteady you know what i mean <laughs> it's just like even i could double that up a little bit it's like um it's just it's a great song and it's um the one I think of the most when I'm thinking of like up tempo funky Aretha, though there's great joints on that Young Gifted and Black album all over the place, and she yep. was like, you know, in a great place then. It's just mm -hmm. it's it's just a phenomenal song. So here's a little taste of Rocksteady, even though you should already know it by now. <laughs> So as you can hear, that's just like some funk. But but that's I, I'm glad you bring up the point because that Rocksteady is amongst that um, original, you know, curated set of soul funk records that the hip hop aesthetic draws from. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. that's totally. It's like a foundational, um, a foundational record. And probably if you had to pin me down and like you get one Aretha joint, I probably. I probably would say Rocksteady. Yeah. Okay. If it was okay. like I had to play out for the rest of my life, certainly. If to listen to at home, that's a whole different conversation. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, that's it's a great song. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You got a slipped on Jim? Yeah. For, for mine, um, there's the, uh, this is from something that the old Kanye sampled. The old Kanye. <laughs> I want to make that marker. I miss him. Uh, me too. Uh <laughs> I can't. It's one of one of these fucking school albums. I forget which one it was, but um, it's a it's a song called School Spirit. Um, and what I love about it is it has this. Um, it samples Aretha's "Spirit in the Dark," mm. which, which is basically a, a gospel yeah. joint. You know what I mean? But um, it just has this great um, piano riff that, combined with a, a little Aretha ad lib in, in classic Kanye fashion. You know, incorporating he the vocal samples, it. and he just yeah. catches it in this yeah. great place. He you was know. real good at that. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. He just he kind of looped it up perfectly. Um, but then, you know, like most hip hop heads, you go back and you're like, "Oh shit, this is actually a pretty dope song." Mm -hmm. So um, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's kind of like a thing I think about constantly, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the podcast. Um, sampling makes you nostalgic for songs you've never heard <laughs> right it's like it's 100%. like so when you when you catch the original you're like i love this song right, oh I, right. I have been like looking for this my whole right, life it's right. like it's it, that's that's one of the things that makes hip-hop the greatest art form right yeah. it's just like it's such an interest i can't think of anything else that does reverse that. nostalgia it, it's right. almost like when right. you hear um like so like nobody beats the biz, right? Mm -hmm. But then you know you find out that it was a commercial that everyone in New York <laughs> yeah, knew. had like <laughs> yeah. nobody beats the Wiz. Yeah. Right. But for us, we don't have the Wiz out right. here. We have right. like uh, 
Western Appliance or whatever, also a tight jingle. But um, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because I've been thinking about this a ton with the kind of the the news of Aretha's passing. And it's just like it's there's some unexpected samples like you you don't necessarily think of it in like, you know, Aretha Franklin was my parents music or whatever until I started collecting records and. Then you find out how deep it is. Right. But but it's it, it's interesting to note that um, Aretha in particular. I was thinking about this a little bit. Um, she was kind of not uniquely sample sample ready sample worthy, um, but for for whatever reason, the a lot of her work, especially in the '60s, just really synced up with the hip hop aesthetic in a way that you know Ray Charles doesn't. Ray Charles is an amazing sure. artist, right. but there isn't this like deep back catalog of Ray Charles samples. It's the difference between the fifties and the sixties yeah, being the I time think. that you're you've you've like come to your full flower, right? Even though they're both on Atlantic and all that stuff. It's like Yeah, but it's it's it, kind of it's there and, was and frankly it's uh her recording at Muscle Shoals and Fame. Mm-hmm. Like when she mm-hmm. went down there she got the funk in her music and mm-hmm. like that changes the whole Absolutely, kind of absolutely. Trajectory of her career and her sound. Absolutely, and it and it's the part that kind of lives on because there's there's a bunch of records um, she did when she first got signed that it her career was kind of middling for right. whatever reason. Like they couldn't right. find the the right way to package. I, I think they were her. like trying to Sam Cookify her and like yeah. to um, yeah, totally. and again Sam Cook a fifties artist. You don't yeah. hear him sampled much in hip hop, right. right? But Otis Redding, sixties artist, you do right. Okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, also Muscle Shoals, no. Uh, maybe. Uh, stacks, stacks volt. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so right. Memphis. You right. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, what I was trying to get at was um. Uh, sorry, <laughs> it, it is gone. Dead uh, bods live. Dead minds live. <laughs> dead um, air. Dead air. Fuck dead it. Air. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do, do it. Do it live. <laughs> um. So I do want to. I do want to. Uh. Real quick, let's check out Aretha's "Spirit in the Dark." In the spirit in the dark. So I just, you know, th- to me that that was one of those when I found it, I was like, oh man, this is this is the feeling of Kanye sample for four minutes. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. So I, I remembered what I was going to say. Um, they, she's a gospel singer, right? She yep. comes out of gospel, so they try to give her like that kind of like supper club jazz. Mm-hmm. kind of thing rather than soul like soul yep, kind of right. like was on its way to being invented yeah i also think a thing that's interesting about aretha's passing and all this eulogizing is she's not the queen of soul music she's the queen of soul right and it's like right. the, i read huh. this really interesting article okay. i'll try to find it and post it on our twitter that like articulates the difference between that yeah. you, you will hear people misquote it as the queen of soul music and mm-hmm. sure, sure she's that sure yeah. um but soul as like an idea right okay like to yeah, encapsulate yeah, yeah. that aesthetic. idea for people your voice yeah. your presence your career encapsulates the very idea or even, of, even of soul even that's your your amazing yeah, your look amazing you know what i mean like totally. aretha's look for a particular era is kind of the personification of soul and blackness yeah for a time in the same sure. way we might look at a, a beyonce today and yeah. say right this is the crystallization the yeah of she it. was so unapologetic as well you know yeah. it's just her swag you know what i mean yeah before there was Dude, when she throws off the fur, oh, is there anything better than that? I know, I know. I I retweeted that because it's so awesome. I don't usually retweet gifts, but I mean, I had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally gift worthy. Her, her, her magnificent shade of Taylor Swift was also totally was also. Just Google that yourself. I don't want to ruin it for you, but I think also maybe, and it's something I never thought about until this exact moment. 
is some of that swagger somehow transmitted into the hip hop aesthetic where she mm. was like, she's like, I'm the baddest. She wasn't also like, I'm, I'm a great singer and I'm, I really love all the other singers. She's like, no, I, it's me. Like right. I'm number one, right. which is a very kind of hip hop approach yeah. to kind of say, right. no, actually I'm the absolute best. Right. So I, maybe, I don't, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I, I like to think that the, the samples bring with them not only the warmth of the analog recording and the kind of the room that it was recorded in and the sound of the record, but mm, right. the the artist's Hutzpah. soul, for lack of yeah, a better yeah, term, yeah. like the, yeah. it brings their whole presence into it. Yeah, 100%. and that's why all the best not not all a lot of the best hip hop is made out of samples. Right. Is it brings these intangible elements with it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you could one hundred percent you wouldn't otherwise be able to to, to recreate. Yeah. So I, I have this concept. I don't have this concept. I heard about this concept in Japan. Uh, they have artists who are considered national living treasures, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a cool it's like a cool party game to say who are the remaining kind of national living treasures, like right. people whose body of that are still alive, right? Mm. People's body of work whose artistry is so you know towering that they're an effing institution, sure. Sure. like Ghostface. <laughs> <laughs> Big Ghost or Ghostface? Um, <laughs> we're talking about Takashi. No, uh, um, uh, if we're, I mean, wait, oh, go ahead. So they, that's so kind of what the Kennedy Center honors are in America. Right. It's, it's on. The, it's like the President's Medal or whatever. That's yeah. like it's the highest artistic honor you can that give, you can get that you right? can get while you're alive, yeah. right? right? And so I feel like Aretha um, again was was of that tradition. Yeah. You know, you could have definitely put her as a national living treasure. Right now. We have Stevie. Right. Someone check on Stevie. Um, <laughs> we, we have Stevie. Who do we have beyond Stevie that is well, literally a national living treasure? Well, I mean, we're talking about the remaining Beatles. I guess Are there be, Beatles remaining? Be, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wouldn't they be English right. treasures? Oh, 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 okay. Right. okay. Oh, so you're saying American. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought like you of, meant musical. Of, 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 of American artists. Well, does Japan do other nationalities? Like, I, I, can they give it to other people? They probably don't. No, right. <laughs> you know how they roll. No, but <laughs> isolationists shading Japan. Um, but outside of Stevie, I, who do we who hmm. do we have? I, I would have to pull up Wikipedia yeah, to check totally. if a bunch of jazz musicians totally. are still alive. But well, I don't know. But, but there's also this thing about I think part of it is like, and you were still, you know, up to a couple of years ago, Aretha's still singing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not as if yeah, she the, was the, she, at she, her Kennedy Center honors. She, yeah. She, Destroyed. Oh, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. Was that the one where she made Obama shed a tear? Yes, yeah. that, that version of Natural Woman is Un like a, should be put in like a time capsule. Right. She also did uh, Adele's Rolling in the Deep. Mm. Uh, and like for me, the now that's like the definitive version of it. That's, wow. She did an incredible version wow. of that song. Wow. It's when just a, nice to hear her with some drums too. You know what I mean? Oh. Like when, a, when Aretha <laughs> comes for your joint, it's, it's a over. Rap. Totally. It's <laughs> absolutely a rap. Like she smashed every Beatles cover. Oh, um, You know, to where you think the songs are hers. Like, yeah, I didn't understand right. Respect. I mean, yeah, no right. one thinks of the Otis totally. version. Right. Totally. Which is dope. Like, if you listen yeah. to it, yeah. but she But it doesn't have the R-A-S-P-E-C-T part, and that is a, that's yeah. the hook. That's the hook, right. She was one of the first MCs, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to, 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 to do sp outward spelling. Um, but, yeah, we, we definitely are... We're hurting. <laughs> We're hurting for artists of that of that, that caliber. caliber, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, didn't you have another? I did. Uh, kind of more did. obscure cut. Um, it's a little bit on the obscure side. I mean, maybe not for the heads, but it was. It's um, her track um, "Think" from 1968. Sure. 
um, Aretha Now, which, you know, obviously that's one with the gorgeous um, green sort of cover. Mm. It's of her mm. face. She was Classic. young. Classic. Yeah. yeah, totally. And um, I, I wasn't super hyper aware of this when I was younger, of listening to sample sources and stuff like that. But um, the song Think was um, interpolated for... Uh, third base is the gas face. Oh yeah! Oh, is that oh I, yeah! I did not realize totally, that. Totally, totally. And you know, I yeah. mean, besides being an awesome uh, track, which uh, let's listen to it real quick right now. Hey yo, man, my label mate Don Newkirk, man, step to him. Thanks, Search. And now for the Prime Minister. Sinister. Um, of course. Um, Besides being an awesome track, there's also it's the one of the first appearances of Zev Love X. Totally. So you know, so th- Zev that track. Love X. <laughs> Everything comes back to and MF Doom eventually for us. Totally. Pretty totally. much. Pretty and, much. And you, so I mean, th- it's just one of those tracks where it's sort of perfect. You know? And it, and it's great because Third Base sampled it when you could sample that. Right. And, and it's and it's right. so funny because before you say I hadn't even thought about this, but the the joint the way they used think is just like. It's like a, uh, an intro, um, an intro and kind of interlude piece yeah, of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even the main loop. Totally, and they totally. were just able to right. take it and flip it, and I right. yeah. It's not like it's not, it's not like RZA took a Wendy Renee thing and looped it. Like right. they took a minuscule part of it. Interesting. Like, sort of just almost it just like, kind of threw I it in. I never thought about that. That's really interesting to me. I'm gonna go home and listen to both. <laughs> As you all should. Right. We hope uh, we hope we've given you kind of um, some threads to vibe off of. Um, you got? Do you have another one? I now? do. Um, so the, for our era of hip hop that we often talk about, um, the biggest well-known Aretha sample is most F, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, right. Miss Fat, Fat Booty, um, which is Aretha's song, One Step Ahead. One step is all I have to take, backwards to be the same old fool for you I used to be. It's such a beautiful song. Yeah, like it's absolutely. just it's it's the it's when gorgeous. when I found out that she passed, um I have to say I kind of wasn't sad. Like sad is not the right term. No, I was like she had no. a good run. It was a long run. It was it was sudden, but we had those few days where they're like, Okay, no, get right, ready. right. It wasn't like Prince died. You know, it was because right. Prince died and it was just like what? Right. Right, right. But to just to finish the thought about the track, it's just it's such a beautiful song, uh and the most deaf song is such a big part of my musical listening same. experience. I can't hear the song right yeah. because without, they, they without chop it. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I, now I always want it to go to the chopped part, same. and that's how it it sounds in my head. With, but the, the song itself is brilliant yeah. and beautiful and just heartbreaking. It's a it's a great ballad, um, and it's just got like great dynamics to it, and it's just, it's just lovely. Yeah, I mean, sort of to your point earlier about how um, you know it's this living nostalgia thing. I mean, that's why the forty five of that song is like two hundred bucks or something. Right. You know, because totally. when you finally hear it, it's like oh shit it's yeah miss fat booty totally but you know but, but it's interesting that like the the to sample that that's one of those samples that doesn't just jump out and say loop me no no right. definitely um, not and that's why i was it's so kind of amazing who did that one is that high tech geology really? geology okay i think so is but i don't i don't know we probably oh. should have looked that, that up, up before we talked about it but okay <laughs> Uh, please tweet at us at DadBotRatPod <laughs> and let us know what unresearched morons we are. Um, we appreciate there's, there's all the some feedback. Factual errors we've made, especially because when I go back and do the editing Same. and the listening, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. But oh. the stuff we talk about is so nerdy and niche. There's just not enough people out there to call us out. I know. So, so once we start getting called out, then we've arrived. Yes, right? yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then we'll know. We yeah, found yeah. our <laughs> tribe. Yeah, I, f- I falsely attributed a, an MF Doom track to another 
title and that shit burns me. Like I think we I think we need an ombudsman. Is that what newspapers have? An ombudsman. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, who kind of come back and like post corrections like yeah. Actually, Dave didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> um, they, they do like fact checking on some podcasts when there's like a producer person. I think if you're on a cool podcast network and you have a nerd to work the uh, laptop, that's okay. the kind of thing they can do. For so, you. so oh, yeah, totally. we're auditioning young know-it-alls who uh, <laughs> who have a lot you're of younger time. Younger than us and super into '90s rap. <laughs> <laughs> All seven of you, please apply um, for the for the Dad Bod Rap Pod internship. Would that be like the the dad bod rap pod intern, that would be our son, right? Like we would just, <laughs> <laughs> these would be the sons. In right. the, and even, I mean that in the degendered Nicki Minaj way of sons. Right. Like how everyone's her son. Like, like a dun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a dun that sounds white. <laughs> That's me. Um, all right. So, so RIP Aretha Franklin, um, we, we encourage Huge you to, loss. yeah, we encourage you to, to, if, if you're not super up on her catalog, um, please get into it. Um, and you know, on, on that theme, this is kind of a, uh, uh, kind of a female empowerment episode. I think Aretha was kind of became an icon of, oh. of female empowerment, especially with respect. Um, oh. and we have, uh, another artist, who is a super dope MC? Um, you may remember her from her work with Polyrhythmatics, um, as well as a joint she did with MF Doom. Yeah, a lot of collaborations. Uh, she did DJ Spinna. She she's got some joints, and we're talking about um, a Pony B Fly. She was uh, cool enough to kind of pause her day and talk to us about her origins and and you know some and I say this without hyperbole, some exclusives, some things that have not. Yeah been dropped to the world because that's what you come here for you come here for <laughs> nate bring an air horn next time we need to we gotta <laughs> st- <laughs> this is we need our own funk flex bomb um <laughs> so she dropped some she dropped some never before uh heard anecdotes as well as as an announcement toward the end so please stay tuned check out our interview with apani b fly Hello there. Okay, so hey, Apani, we're we're really big fans. I'm here with um, Nate and Damone, and uh, we, you know we're just we just want to run through your history and um, just all, all the stuff you did, um, starting with your first 12 inch, and you know all the awesome um, guest spots and people you collaborated with through the years. Um, I just wanted to start off uh, with your first 12 inch, the Estrogen, um, in 1996. Right. Um, you know, what was your life like um, around that time? I mean, have you been emceeing for a minute and just how did that project come together? Um, yeah, estrogen. At that time, I had already been. I've been rhyming probably since like maybe right after I got out of junior high. Okay. Or may, you know, maybe like my last year, junior high or so. And um, you know, I was before then. I was kind of like into poetry. I was like just writing a lot of different things. Um, Always was like a voracious reader and stuff, big imagination. Um, 
And then I just started going, I don't know, like I hooked up with a couple of people like in, um, we were like, yeah, we just going to do this rap thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like back then, like now the kids got all of these apps and, um, you know, you can make beats on your phone. Back then we were making pause tapes. Mm. So I don't know if y'all know what pause tapes yeah. are, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> of course, of course. We're, we're older dudes. Right. So. <laughs> so just, you know, yeah, Jack and Bars from from 45s and stuff like that. Yeah. Playing the loop with the cassette. <laughs> Playing the loop, recording on the cassette, pausing it, bringing the loop back. Yeah. Like, you had to be very precise. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To, to make a pause tape. So we would do that, and we would just, you know, write, write to these pause tapes. And um, eventually... Uh, and one of my homeboys that I was um, working with at the time, Mike One, who's got a credit on there and a couple other records that I did. You know, he's from the hood. We went to school together. And um, we, he had a Casio or something, like a four-second sampler or some <laughs> ridiculousness. And, um, you know, that's kind of where, you know, everything kind of sprang from. And uh, we got to the point finally where we were networking with people where, we could record in an actual studio, which was very exciting mm-hmm. for us. So, um, yeah, so um, my boy Earl Blaze, who also is a part of a lot of different projects, does commercial work now. Like, you know, he was um, he was like our guy at the time. He was like our, our Obi-Wan Kenobi, I guess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, you know, just kind of showing us the right way to do things, how to actually be in the freaking studio. We're like kids. Like literally, you know, in school, banging on tables, you know, you know, rapping and, like I said, making pause tapes and a bunch of unprofessional like MacGyver shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So then we made those first demos, and then, you no, know, you know, obviously it's a studio, so all kinds of artistic people are coming through. Um, uh, anti-pop, you know, those guys. Mm. Um, that was probably I think like the first record that I appeared on disorientation okay um anti-pop consortium um which you know led to my single i i took my first trip overseas with those guys to um to england and um we did um we did some records over there um damn i can never remember the name of the fucking group i always have to google them and stuff (laughs) the name of the record was free and they were signed to like uh emi at the time and it was a big deal because like we went over to these big like corporate offices you know we were doing stuff like blaze was official he knew what he was doing he had like crazy you know he had the crazy like spaceship set up in the basement we working out of a brownstone in brooklyn Mm. um but then you know we went over to these slick corporate offices overseas and they were like yeah we love it we're gonna cut you these checks and then we're gonna put you in the studio and it was like we just sat down and we wrote so that was kind of like the beginning of where everything kind of started you know um i was going to the New Eureka Poets Cafe a lot. Um, doing open mics. Just hello. Hello. Yeah. 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 We're here. Oh, okay. I heard some feedback. Yeah, we were going to um, New Eureka Poets Cafe. We were just, you know, getting little gigs all over the place. Just, just trying to be seen, running around the village, you know, battling and all of the kind of stuff. Backpacker kid shit, you know. <laughs> and um, what do you call it? Um then like estrogen dropped at the time you know i just was just trying to leverage whatever connections i had if i met somebody i'd be like you'll listen to my record mm. i i got 
part of what happened too is that the New Rican Poets Cafe, Bobito was hosting, uh, you know, the big uh, open mic uh, event over there, and I did some joints, and I was so nervous. I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't really performing that much. Like I was just out there trying to get myself seen. There was so many people, and then my view, you know, everybody was so good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was, I was still like. I had a dream, but I was still nervous, you know? So um, a lot of time I was, like, covering my face or wearing shades or, like, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that <laughs> because I was just trying to power through the segment. I wanted to put myself out there, but I didn't really have the confidence yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, okay. But I gave I gave my I was still I was still everywhere though I was still telling everybody what I do I was you know it's one thing to be out in the street and sort of just be in an informal situation next thing you know you're on a stage and there's a band behind you and there's a DJ and there's lights in your face you know what I mean <laughs> right. Um, right you're you're trying to figure out how to become a professional and you're on stage trying to present yourself as a professional mm-hmm. you know and I was probably like um, seventeen eighteen. You know, I started really making records between, um, like, maybe demoing between, like, 17 and 19. My first record dropped around 19. It was, like, 19 or 20. Okay. Okay, right on. And, um, yeah, so, um, anyway. Yeah, cool. so Bobito took my demo, and he played it. He had, like, a, a demo battle or some joint they used to play. Damn, I can't even remember, like, the record that beat me like literally this record beat me by one vote and i was trying to call in oh. he was like yo if you would called in he was like if you would called in and voted for yourself you don't <laughs> you know That's i literally like after this the vote was called i got through and i'm like yo bob what's up he's like i'm like thanks for playing my record he's like oh man you late <laughs> so um right on so upon you know, so were you a big beginning, f- like huh uh, i was just gonna ask it seems like a lot of uh the kind of energy back then was about like ciphers and freestyling. Were you a big freestyler or were you always like more of a writer? Um, I mean, I ciphered, I freestyle, but I think I always considered myself more of a writer because, you know, I was personable, but like I said, back to me, cover my face. Even now, like, I feel like I know a lot of people, but I'm, I'm more of a, like an introverted type person. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm always, I'm always trapped in my thoughts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hmm. So, um, you know, that was that was sort of we did. Like, I had ciphers. I remember going to Talib Kweli house back in the day, sitting around, and um, we'd be ciphering. His wife would be making some food, watching <laughs> South Park and stuff, and then <laughs> cipher would break out or, you know, just um, just everybody who was on the scene at the time, you know, like, we, we did those things. It was kind of kind of what you did, like, sort of just out of fun. Right. I don't really hang out. It's not as much fun to me, I think, maybe because I'm I'm growing up now and I'm not cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we we can definitely relate, relate to that. I, I, enjoy the, I enjoy the writing part, and I like connecting my ideas with people hmm. and creating more. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. I like I like I like creating something and um making something like I don't know I, I guess I leave it to everybody else but I like 
I like coming up with a verse, and I feel like the verse is flawless. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I love the feeling of that. I love being on the record with other people and thinking like, I think I got these guys. <laughs> so, so on that on that tip, what was it like working with Doom? Oh, working with Doom, um, it's cool. Like you know, he's um, he's somebody that I definitely looked up to. I mean, not just because of um, you know he's MF Doom, but I mean like KMD, like yep. from that whole banging on my, my banging on the, the, the table era. Like he's somebody that fed me. Yep. You know what I mean? Right on. Um, yeah, somebody that fed my imagination. So, you know, it was all kind of like, you know, like you always you always meet people. But I was I felt like it was a great honor to be to be on the project and to be asked. And it happened really quickly. I was working with a producer that was working with him, mm. and um, he was like, um, "We doing a record?" And I was just like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're all big Very. fans of that song, and I have to say the contrast between your two voices is really interesting. And uh, I just I like how it's kind of a narrative song, and I've I've always thought that was amongst your best work. Um, do you have you. a song of yours or a project of yours that you think is your best work? Man, probably a lot of songs that never even came out. I thought were really <laughs> are, are some of my some of my best things. Of um, things that I think people probably heard. Um, I like a lot of stuff that I do with some of my European guys. Like, um, um, I like the, the De La song and, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's kind of hard to pick. I mean, everybody's a big fan of the new Jabez songs and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I was going to mention that, um, that abracadabra joint. Um, and you know, we know you're, you're, we know you're, um, that was Spinner. Yeah, me right, and Spinner, right. I, me and Spinner have a very good vibe to some of my best records I made, you know, with him. And um, yeah, yeah, I wanted to ask a little bit about that because obviously you guys did the polyrhythmatic stuff, and then and then now like the Abracadabra joint. Um, how did you guys yeah. meet? And you know, how's and he that... also produced. He also produced Estrogen too. My first. Oh, record. I did oh. not know that. Oh, okay. Uh, how how did you yeah. guys meet? And you know, how do you guys vibe? What's the relationship like? I have no idea. I don't remember <laughs> how I met. I don't remember how I met Spina. I don't know if I met him through Complex or I knew him before. I really don't know. Like everybody was kind of like all in the same circles and stuff. Mm, okay. Um, so it's kind of hard to say. Like I was up at the Rockus offices all the time. I was just I was everywhere. Like every time I put out a project, you know I. I had people who kind of stepped in as managers, but I was always my most, I think, effective manager. Most mm-hmm. of the time I ever had projects, it was from my personal contacts with people. Me actually growing up, calling up a label like, I'm going to play you this record. You know, me personally shopping things and going up to places like, I'm, you know, what's up with this distribution deal or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um or like traveling, I would be on the road and somebody would be like, uh, yeah, yeah, I heard you're going to be in this particular place. Um, can we get you to come over and record? You know what I mean? Mm, right. Um, so I, I, I can't really quite recall uh, how, <laughs> I met, how I met Spinner, but um, when I heard the song, I had always had the idea for um, like estrogen because 
you know, thinking about Wu-Tang. Here's another little known fact. I'm about to put y'all on with some tidbits. Uh-oh. All right. I got a couple of little tidbits, but I'm about to drop some. I think I, I don't know if I've ever told this story uh, in public before, but back before, probably before I even put out my first record, right, maybe when I was still demoing and I was all over the place, um, I got a, I got tapped on the shoulder by Delight from Stetsasonic. Mm. So he came out to my house, sat on my couch, talked to my mama. I was very young at the time. And he told me he had this idea to start a female Wu-Tang. And he wanted me to spearhead the project. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, so he was like, I got these other chicks. And like he just started playing me people like different. Again, don't remember who that. I'm sure there were some like names that if I remember today it would probably be somebody who had a record out oh, here okay. or there. That was on my next or question. something. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> You just smoke a lot of butt, so pardon me, okay? <laughs> right? Same. <laughs> um, but he he came through we used to go to the legendary music building on Jamaica Ave and he had me sitting in there where the guys was actually constructing the beats and I'd just be writing all day. And talk about freestyle, and he had me in there just constantly just rhyming all fucking day, like on some real, you know, like Olympic training shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then the building burnt down. Whoa. Um, a lot of people recorded music in there, like, the music building was super, super, super legendary, like, you know, a lot of a lot of great tech had demos in that building that evaporated. J&J used to record out of that building. Mm. Oh. Um, you know, a lot of people had, had, had studios in there, um, and it burnt down. So after that, I literally never heard from the dude again. So maybe, you know, he lost a lot. I don't know what happened, but, um, for a couple of months, you know, maybe even like six months or so, we were like in there just working on stuff. Like he had guys just doing loops, like we were like just working on the parts of the beat. So we had a couple of songs and he had, wow. uh, had a few chicks he introduced me to people that he had brought through. And he was like, what do you think of this person? And he'd be playing me their joints. So he just had girls come through, like we'd be rhyming together and stuff like that. So wow. that was the thing that almost happened. And um, just being in the game, you know, there were a lot of men that were prominent. And it was always just seemed like there was just one female at the time, sort of yeah. like this, you know, it's an ever-evolving uh, evolving narrative, like what's going on now with, like, Mickey and Cardi and Remy and all, and Kim and all these people, that there can only be, like, like only one female can get money. Meanwhile, there's thousands of dudes, right, right. and 900 of them are mediocre. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's right And they, they can all get checks. You know, they'll all support, like, a dude who'll bring his, you know, he got a crew, you know, it, it's 10 guys, and they're all, like, they all mediocre yeah, yeah you know what i mean oh I, we they can all get know. money they got a chick in the crew she can't barely get a song she can't get a project finished mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah um because there's, there's just a, a lack of mentorship mm-hmm. for women in the game and as mm-hmm. you know i see that now i mean i saw it before then i don't i don't know if i knew how to like intellectualize and verbalize what the problem is but treating women as a viable you know, money getting segment of the business. You mm. know what I'm saying? Something that's financially viable and then providing mentorship that doesn't involve their penis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
when I did estrogen, that was my idea to just kind of have, you know, all these women, you know, who in my opinion were incredible in their own right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To be to be on the record and get some shine, and I just. I just saw it as something that was not done, and it's it's still not done to this day. Let's, I mean, I know they had like a song, a couple of songs here and there, chicks may get together and put chicks on the record, but to have so many women representing together. Do you see it changing at all? I haven't really seen anybody do it. Do you see huh? the, the game changing at all? Because you're right, we're still pitting women against each other as if there can only be one, but we're in an interesting moment. You know, the rap- day that, uh, well, I, I was going to say, I mean, Yes and no. I, I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm. Um, and I hear the rhetoric. Like, I hear Nikki saying stuff like that. Like, you know, but I still I still see it, see it happening. And part of the problem, too, is because there appears. See, I'm a firm believer in, like I said, I personally went up to these companies and I, I got deals for myself. Mm. So it showed me early that things are possible. I didn't always get everything I wanted. You know what I mean? But I saw I saw the opening. And the problem is I think that we have to have um you know more women taking control of their situations and also kind of just dealing with each other. Mm. You know, with a little bit more love and a little bit more inclusion. I I, I see a little bit of it happening. I see people trying to do it. You know what I'm saying? But not at the level that I think is required. I think we also need to have women mentoring other women. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep, of course. I think maybe, um, you know, you do have some dudes that are, you know, have been mentors. Like, you know, like Nicki Minaj can't say enough nice things about Weezy. Right, right, right. You know, that's awesome. But he needs maybe to have a next. Nikki. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it should it shouldn't be a thing like if you can sign, you know, three guys and just one girl. Yeah. You know? Why not three girls and one guy? Right. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, until we we kinda see the scales balance a little bit where it's not just like always one female in the crew like she's some type of carnival exhibit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um you so know, we're kinda I think um, I guess I want to ask you, like, are are you still in the game? Like, are you retired? What's what's your life like in your like relationship I mean, like I now with hip hop? Officially had a retirement ceremony. They didn't hang my rap jersey, <laughs> you know, from the top of the New York weekend or any of that other kind of crap. Um, people ask me to still do projects, like I license stuff. Okay. I don't. I get asked to be in a lot of stuff that I turn down or just ignore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I don't know. I think I probably had like a little bit of frustration with the game for a minute because I felt like um, I guess probably maybe at the turning point where things because I, I came up, like I said, I started from the era of pause tapes all the way from like cassettes and vinyls to like CDs and MP3s, and then CDs not being a, th- a thing. In fact, MP3s are not even a thing. Nobody right. really it's just streaming. Like you have, yeah, yeah. You you straight stream. Nobody really has files of music anymore, right? Nobody has a library. We have apps like services mm. that we yeah you know subscribe to, right? 
sure. So, you know, when I started, I think coming through all of those eras, I think maybe where I was starting to feel some frustration was where the game was changing over. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the game itself was going through growing pains. And, um, you know, trying to even figure out, like, you know, I was trying to do deals sometimes and just having arguments with people like, well, should we still put out vinyls or should we just MP3 it? Or should we just, right, you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. th- things like that, we couldn't even decide. Like, I'd be hearing, and I'd be like, all right, so we're just not going to put out any physical product. And people are like, no, but wait, you have to have physical product, you know, right. because you're dealing with people that are still in, like, one mindset. Right, and you can't stream at a merch table. <laughs> Right, you can stream at a merch table, but then we were like, well, how can we do it? Are we giving out barcodes? Are we, right. you know, like, <laughs> should we, you know, do other do other things? Um, because then I started thinking for me, I'm like, I don't, I don't want any physical anything. Like me, I'm a borderline, you know, pack rat. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of my um, old magazines and CDs from like 1993. I don't use them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm a record collector. I have a, a very heavy. I have like loud records. I got like unopened <laughs> yeah. records and, and Bob Cowboys albums, oh, like wow. on vinyl, like with yeah. plastic on that shit. Like, wow, man. I'm not using that. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you so, know. Okay, yo, um, Apani, you know, you know um, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. So, you know, we just want to say thank you again for being so gracious with your time and, uh, you know, getting back to me and uh, just agreeing to sit down because, I mean, we, we've. We we've been big fans. I mean, I, I you've been woke before it was woke. You're like conscious rapper, I believe it was called. And you know, we we just love all the appearances and all the collaborations you did. And um, you know, thank you again. Thanks. Um, just uh, just to finish off the question that for you sure. asked me, but I'm actually writing for a project right now. I'm doing some work with Louis Parker. Oh, cool. Nice. And um, there may be a solo project forthcoming. So that's the first time oh, that I'm sharing that. Good, with good. Oh, we we were going to ask you. So, okay, good. Yeah. So, That's I mean, I'm, I'm always working on things. I licensed a um, song for the soundtrack for that uh, this movie. It's on Netflix now, First Match. Okay. Um, oh, you so, did that? You know, okay. I, yeah, I, I, I always do something. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not out there, like, um, you know, going hard, dropping material, like, you know, every three weeks. Right. <laughs> or even every six months. But, you know, I try I try to drop something, um, you know, at least once a year or something. So a lot of times it's not my project. So whatever promotion that these people do, you know, sure is what they do. Uh, really happy to hear um, that a solo project is in the works. That's yeah. exciting. We're super stoked. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, um, you know, I, I have no particular time on the release. I mean, maybe next year or something like that. I mean, of course, this year is almost over. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> But so Louis Parker's project is going to come out first. Is that all recorded? So, um, huh? Is your solo joint uh, all recorded and ready to go? No, it's actually not. Like it's this has been in the um, in the works for a while. Technically, okay. I've been signed to King Underground for a long time now. Mm. The same <laughs> label that he's on, but and Shabam released a couple of projects on there. I was actually supposed to appear appear on this record that I'm doing now with Shabam. Um, but things changed. I was supposed to be on a couple of other joints with him before, and it didn't happen. And a couple of other projects with this guy before. And part of that is, like I said, you know, um, 
when I, like I said, when the game changed over, kind of, it, I kind of fell back. But also, at the same time, I wound up becoming a mother. So I have three children. Oh wow! And um, yeah, my my children are a bit older now. My oldest is eight. My girl, I have twin girls. They're six. You know, so they're a little bit older. You know. Yeah. Um, they're not babies. They're not <laughs> fully dependent on me. They're in school. You know, <laughs> so it's a little bit easier for me to maneuver. But um, yeah, we'll see. You know, just um. If you guys, I'm, I have a memory like a goldfish, but if you guys like keep bothering me, I'll, I'll give you some updates. Right oh, on. For sure. We, <laughs> we appreciate that. We definitely will. So, yo, thank you again, Apani. We're big fans. and we're, No we're problem. So, thanks for asking me to be on. Guys, have a great show. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Peace. All right. Good night. We would like to thank Sun Ra, not the jazz musician Sun Ra, but S-O-N-R-A-W at Sun Ra on Twitter for sending in these beats. Sun Ra is a journalist and beat maker based out of Montreal, and we really appreciate him submitting these beats. These are never before heard world premiere beats. So he's got a beat tape coming out soon. Make sure to peep that. Follow him on Twitter. Read his writing. and rate Dad Bod Rap Pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever podcasts are heard, except for that's where you can hear them because that's where we submit them to. It's also on SoundCloud, but it's better for us if you subscribe and rate and review on one of the streaming sites. Um, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. We drop every Thursday, noon Pacific time. Peace. Peace.